Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another episode of Cutting Weight. I'm your host, Jethro Stahl, otherwise known as Mike. I'm here with world-renowned co-host, Shitty Jim, now known around the world as Shitty Jim, and when I say around the world, I mean two people in France and one in Malaysia. And then uh, the wind beneath our wings, Shane Mignona, otherwise known as... Spicy Sal, the White Tiger Woods, and also one of my best friends. So, hey, thanks, Mike. You're one of my best friends too. Yeah, taking it full circle there. You did good job with that. So, I mean, Shane, as much as I not to like interrupt, but as much as I'd like to embrace the whole shitty gym persona, I mean, we we can kind of dial that back a little bit. I think at this point, but that know, was the most feedback I've ever gotten on a podcast. Granted, we've only had two, and you were in one of them, but I got a lot of. Uh, you know, direct messages, text messages about Shitty Jim. Yeah, I got uh, I got a fair share of texts too, um, just referring to me as Shitty Jim. It's like, hey, have a great day. Let's get together next weekend. Good talking to Shitty Jim. Oh like, yeah, son of a bitch. <laughs> now you know what Shane has been going through his entire life. Hey, the struggle is real. The struggle is real. Shane, I am. I thank you for allowing me to do the intro. Don't think I'm taking this show away from you. This is still, you're the wind. Jim and I are going to be the feather, and uh, we're just going to we're going to take a ride on your mighty shoulders here. As well, I we think take that us through another great cutting weight podcast. I think that music uh, upped our production value a lot, right there. Yeah, I mean, probably. That, that, I like that. that and it's very good. That should be. I mean, that's our new song, obviously. I also well, I plan on bringing a different a different song every week, so we're going to change it up. So that that way, we probably could avoid a lot of lawsuits. So uh, yeah, no just try to keep them off our tail long enough, so they're like, oh, it's, it ain't worth getting going after. Them. Exactly, okay. just like you know, bank robbers change hairstyles and vehicles every so often. We're just going to keep changing intro tunes. <laughs> They'll and, never catch on. And beers as well. Same, yeah, same, same. So if you if you didn't notice, Shitty Jim is a permanent member of the uh, podcast now after so so showing up in episode three now makes me a permanent member i suppose it's like uh in major league when we're like we just won a ball game we win tomorrow that's called a streak i mean so that we're we're on a streak now speaking of streaks i mean that's how you got the nickname <laughs> yeah no there was no streaks it was <laughs> it was much more than yeah, that. that that was a yeah. <laughs> i wish it had only been a streak yeah. shane we would have taken a streak at that point right yeah streak yeah. would have been a win yeah we took a, it was a pile <laughs> it was a pile I, mean, I think what it came down to is jim just he's got fomo he, had, he was missing out on the podcast and he had to be in it, so we let him in. It's one of the yeah, it's one of the rare times where we did something cool enough that Jim wanted to be in it. Yeah, usually Jim's the, the cool guy, and we yeah. just want to tag along. But yeah. you're right, this time we're just barnacles on Jim's belly. Yeah, floating through the sea. Well, I, I will say that it was uh, it was quite a quite a ride I took with you guys a couple weeks ago on the my first uh, little delve into the podcast. You know. You really jumped in. Oasis that you guys have created here. But uh, I'm back, you know, so I'm excited. And uh, what, what do we got in store for us today here, Michael? Yeah, today it's uh, today we'll go through the beer here. And um, if I can, I'll, I'll brag a little bit about my setup here. So the just the, the Philco, the 1949 Philco refrigerator modified into a, uh, a kegerator. So I've got a, f- a little five-pound CO2 uh, tank back there and took a... Uh, an old middle century uh, refrigerator and turned it into a kegerator. It's, it's a good little number. Today, we're pouring White Raja from uh, Beer Kettle. Brew Kettle. The Brew Kettle. We'll edit that out. <laughs> the good people at the, the, the Bra Kettle. At the Waffle House. <clears throat> the, the good kids at the Waffle Barn <laughs> Brew Fest. Um white raja so it's a white india pale ale another good another great beer uh, from northeast ohio it's fantastic i mean we could probably go on in a whole podcast alone uh just talking about how how amazing the craft beer scene is in northeast ohio i mean in ohio in general but cleveland area man they got some great breweries so we're pretty uh pretty fortunate in that way 
Uh, the first time I was at a brew kettle was out in Amherst. Amherst got a, a nice location out there, and then uh, recently we went to the one up in Mentor. Yeah, there's a brew kettle. There's a brew kettle there in the Great Lakes Mall. Good service, great beer. Where's it originally from? Strongsville. Yeah, it's somewhere on the west side. I think Strongsville. You used to be able to go. I mean, you maybe you still can, but it was a place where you would go and brew your own beer. You know, you could pick out what what kind of style of beer you want to make. Uh, you reserve a time, you know, you go, you put it all together, leave, come back a couple weeks later, it's, you know, it's done its thing, you put it in bottles, you bring it home, so it's, I don't know if they still have that service, but uh, I know that's kind of how they originally started, and they started making their own beer, and it, a lot of it turned out pretty good, so I think they're, uh, they're just serving the people. I went there once, and I said, hey, look, I'd like a brew pot, and they're like, no. Kettles only, man. Kettle. Don't do it. Do not here. No, sir. And they kicked me out. This ain't that kind of place. You don't ever call. You know what I like best about this beer? The silent H at the end. I think a lot of good beers have a silent H. I th- no, I think it's actually pronounced White Raja. <laughs> Raja. Like but Heiser. That's <laughs> <laughs> Harry Carey pronounced every H. Never left an H silent. But Harry Carey here. Well, Mike, I know you just moved back to Cleveland and, and missed out on uh, going to watch any Indians games this year, but there's actually a brew kettle stand at Progressive Field. Yeah. You can get a white Raja and watch the tribe. That's good. I look forward to doing that next season, I hope. I look and forward. be a bud fan and a tribe man. I look forward to the, the day where we can all enjoy a black Raja. You know. They do make a black Raja, don't they? I think there is. It's only fitting. I mean, I, I've never had it. It's probably, I would guess it would be like a porter, possibly. Yeah, or I think there a, is a, a Black Raja. There. I think that's kind of racist. Well, I mean, talk to the guys at the Brew Waffle House Kettle Beer Factory. <laughs> good beer. Um, nice setup. Good. I recommend uh, the kegerator option to anybody who can uh, who can find a working 1949 refrigerator. Um, yeah, it's a nice setup. It's nice. I like you, you painted it too, didn't you, Mike? It's like a real cool kind of matte gray. Uh, yeah, it was like finish. a cream. It was like a cream color. Uh, lead-based paint uh, when I sanded it down. <laughs> sanded it down with no mask. and I'm, I kind of hallucinated for a day or two after that. Yeah, little. yeah. I went to the dock and gave me some, gave me some penicillin. But the, uh, yeah, you know, it's, the hard part's finding one that <clears throat> that actually works. And then I think it's uh, it's really really easy to do. Uh, pretty pretty cool little setup. So and they don't make refrigerators that weigh seven hundred and fifty pounds anymore. I mean, <laughs> no. And I wanted one that that's a battle axe. I, right I did. There. I said, look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay you for this refrigerator unless one of my kids can lock themselves in it and potentially die. And they said, oh, this this is the model for you. And I said, great. I'll well, well, it. sir, come back here in the back. We've been saving I mean, this one. We, we got, got enough a, kids. I tell you what, we got a we got a Westinghouse in the back. That's really come blow your mind. There might still be a corpse in there. They I opened it sure. up. There were three kids in there from, from, from like circa the filming of A Christmas Story. Little Ralphie was in there. Yeah. What uh-huh. was his little brother's name? Little Randy. 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 Lay there like a slug. Excellent. Oh, excellent. <laughs> I mean, uh, if any of you wow. listeners out there didn't know <laughs> what that Randy. impression was supposed to be, that was Randy. That's Randy. From Christmas Story. From the Christmas Story. Yeah. I mean, it was spot Which on, is, too. Rawr, rawr. All right, let's go to the next topic, please. It's like a stray cat. <laughs> let's take it. Go ahead and take the take control of this show back. We're, we're it's, it's gone off the rails. All right, I thought I thought I thought our first topic since we left our uh, adoring I wouldn't mind fans. sticking with Randy from from Christmas Story. I'm not doing any more impersonations of Randy from Christmas Story. Rawr, rawr. I can't bend my knees, Mom. We're which version of that show did you see? <laughs> I was thinking back when the TVs didn't come in real good and it was a little And everyone sounded squirrely. like cats. Well, yeah. yeah. I think the sound on my quasar back in the day was yeah. a little off, okay? I maybe think... it sounded maybe it sounded normal to you, but that's how it sounded to me. I think you might have held on to that antenna a little too long. <laughs> <laughs> a little to the right. <laughs> just, your dad just made you wear a foil hat. I just ran around and stuck my head out of every window to see which one was the best. I now stick your tongue right there. I got channel forty three. Now stick your clear tongue as, in that socket. Clear as a bell. Now, where's your sister? Have her run to the other side of the room. Shane, get control of this. Episode yeah, what are you right doing? Here. All right, you guys, let's let's bring it all back. Yeah, I thought you know we have a lot of adoring fans now. I think there's been forty people listen to our last episode oh, or more, maybe fifty. 
How many times is Tony Brunetti going to listen to it? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> he's, got, he's got some time on his hands. <clears throat> Between that and Tinder, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll, it'll, it'll eat up the clock, I can tell you that. I thought we should pay a little homage to, to the Brown Steelers game as much as I can handle and Jim can handle. Mike, I mean, what, do you, what was it from your perspective? Because it was a it was an ass whooping, so as look, far as I could tell. So look, it, I'm in the middle of my nightmare, right? You guys know, I think from a couple episodes ago, I work on Sundays. I don't get to see a minute of these games. So I check the ticker about every half hour, and I don't get to see any highlights. I come home and I watch the highlights with, with my, my, my kids here at the end of the day, and I don't get to see a minute of the game, so I don't, don't really know how the game's developing. And I really, as you know, based on the score I picked last week, I thought we would win. I, but I didn't think we were going to do it, do it like that. <laughs> I really didn't think it would be a score like that. That's not what I expected. It was a real kind of bend you over, staple your hair to the desk, and have your way with you kind of. Kind of. <laughs> Those were the days, weren't they? <laughs> kind of. I don't know what kind of, of freaky stuff you're into, but that's a no. stable here to the desk is a new one to me. Well, that's why. Duct tape is way it was, better. But. It was more of a, that was a schoolhouse dream. <laughs> a few of the teachers that I, uh, that I was a pupil of. Weren't, did you have nuns as teachers? Shane, well, uh, well not, Mike was the one that was getting it. his hair stapled. That's the, that's the crazy part of the dream. That's why I grew my bangs out so long. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got a nice wave going right now with the hair. I was making fun of him earlier. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think the the one thing that remains pretty consistent with the Steelers is they they play good, they play great defense. They get to the quarterback, and I think they had, you know, they they had Baker Mayfield, you know, looking like Stan Humphreys for a big part of that game, where he just kind of gets up and like is looking for his ear pads and and everything else. I, here, here's the thing with with the Browns that I, I guess I I'd like you guys to kind of talk about is. Every time you think the Browns are knocking on the door, they kind of have that exorcist moment where they come downstairs, you know, you, you invite the invite the uh, Cleveland Browns to the adult dinner party, and then they come downstairs and piss on the floor and say, you know, you're going to die up there. Uh, what do you guys, what, where, where are you, how do you guys feel? Obviously, they bounce back against the Bengals. They play the Raiders this week. Tell me how you guys feel about it. I don't think, I think they're a better team without OBJ. What do you think? I can't imagine they're a better team without OBJ. I feel like in some instances, it does help Baker that he doesn't have to try to focus on OBJ and getting him the ball, but it's hard to say they're better without, you know, one of the best receivers. I mean, we would never beat the Cowboys without OBJ, so we'd have one less win. So it's hard to say that, but I, I see where people are coming from. And if you look at the stats, Baker's stats are better without OBG on the field. Yeah, long term, over the course of a season, I think it'd play out that they, they would like to have that guy on the field. I mean, he's going to make plays. That being said, like, I mean, they got their ass kicked by the Steelers. But So what it tells me is the Browns are they're better than they have been in God knows how long. They're beating the teams they're supposed to beat. They're just not at the level of the Steelers or the or the Ravens or you know some of those top tiers. But they're they're in the second tier with their schedule this year. I mean, they should make the playoffs. Are they going to win a playoff game? Probably not. But if you're in a playoff that, game, you got a chance to win a playoff game. So yeah, I haven't had a chance to cheer for a team in the playoffs in a little. It's been a while. I looked at that scenario today, and the steel, uh, you know, the Browns would play the Titans first round wildcard game. Well, well, we'll see him in what December sixth. I think they play him. I mean, you know, every every team's got injuries at this point of the year, I and mean, so it's it's easy to say, you know, if if we had were at full strength, it'd been a different game. But I, I do think like Nick Chubb brings a whole different aspect to the Browns' offense. Um, Wyatt Teller, you know, before he got hurt, was one of the top rated guards in the. NFL. But let's be honest. I think when the Browns are at full strength, their offense is pretty formidable. Even without OBJ, I think they can score a good amount of points. Their defense is just not good. You know, if they don't get turnovers, either with Miles Garrett getting a strip sack or like forcing the quarterback to throw when he doesn't want to and get an interception, like they're going to give up a ton of yards. You're probably going to give up a ton of points. We're going to have to score a lot of points to win. Um, so until I think the Browns can kind of shore up their defense on the back end, it's going to just be like we're going to have to, you know, outscore you and hopefully force some turnovers to win. And so, so when you're comparing them to teams like the Steelers or, you know, the Ravens or even the Chiefs, they're still probably another draft or two away. And it killed them that, like, Grant Delpret, you know, who's going to be a starting safety rookie, probably he's out. Greedy Williams, who's supposed to be their starting corner, he's out. Their defense is depleted. Andrew Sandejo, like, couldn't catch a cold if he, you know, if he had to. He's slow, slow. I mean, it's painful to watch. You know, until they can kind of get another draft or two in and 
whatever. I think uh, with the OBJ thing, though, I think I do think Baker's going to have a better season without him there. I just think that he's going to spread the ball around more. He's not going to feel pressure to get the ball to him and get him involved and have OBJ, you know, throwing a temper tantrum on the sideline because he one thing or another. Um, as good as he is, and he's like a you know once in a lifetime type talent guy. I just don't know if he's like the best guy to have in our team. He'd probably be a good guy for like Tom Brady to have, you know, when a quarterback or like an Aaron Rodgers, where if he's pouting, you know, he's like, listen, you know, I, I got five rings, dude, chill <laughs> out. I'll get you the ball when I get you the ball. But uh, for Baker, who's still trying to kind of make his, you know, put a stamp on the game, you know, it's probably a tough, a tough guy to have on your team. That's, but that's why, I mean, that's why I love Jarvis. Like, that dude has not missed a snap since he's got here. I don't even know if he missed a snap when he played for the Dolphins. Like he's just a tough, hard nosed like yeah, football he's player. A game. I mean, he's playing with broken ribs now. Like I, I have tons of respect for that dude. Well, he's probably one of my favorite. He's probably my favorite guy in offense. Uh, you know, that's the kind of guy that I think you know works well with Baker and what the offense has. And he's he's a leader, and the guys look up to him. Right? So I, I think they'll do all right. I think you know this week's a big week, but every week's a big week in the NFL. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them play. Uh... The Raiders coming into First Energy Stadium. It'll be, you know, it's always interesting when the West Coast teams come across the Mississippi or vice versa. Right? And it's supposed like, to be kind of shitty weather Sunday, so could play it's supposed to be hands. forty and rainy. Yeah, yeah, windy. Let me ask you this: If you were in my shoes and your team was undefeated because you haven't watched a single game, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> What would you do? I'm honestly, I don't know what to do. Well, here's a similar question. Like, I have a Nick Chubb jersey and I wore it. Got hurt last weekend. Never I wore again. I wore an OBJ jersey. Got it. done. Please don't I got wear a Baker a, Mayfield I got a, jersey. I got. A, I have a Baker jersey left and a Jarvis jersey left. Put it on. I don't think I can on. do it. No, I mean I'll. I'll just be wearing like a, a, a Browns hoodie. Like that's all I can do right now. Yeah, I mean, help us out. At least get us through the bye week. You had a I mean, William Green jersey there for a while. No, that was me. I did. I do have a. I think I have an old like uh, Joe Jarvis's jersey that I could probably don. There's no problem with that. No, I think he's like he his might, injuries are probably still lingering from <laughs> 15 get, years ago. You might get a pretty bad staff infection from that jersey. But. True, true, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm usually not a super superstitious guy when it comes to that, but maybe uh, I shouldn't wear, wear any jerseys. All right, I'll just keep wearing my Odell jersey. I mean, I can't, I can't hurt him yeah, anymore. Yeah, he's already out for the season. I just don't even know, like, what. Here's the other thing. I was in Vegas in February, and apparently I'm a real cheapskate, but I put a, <laughs> put a $10 bet on the Steelers to win the Super Bowl. Oh. Or the odds. 26 to 1. Or uh, No, I mean, it, it'd be a $260 bet, so whatever. You yeah, 25 the, to 1. You do the math, Shane. You get 260 back. That was, 20, that was a 225 to 1. I'm not doing math in front of these people. Oh, I'm telling you what it is. You don't need me. I'm a philosopher. You don't need me to tell you that. You were. So something else that happened last week was Mike's birthday on Tuesday. Happy birthday again, Happy Mike. birthday, Thank Mike. You. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, and as we touched, I think, before that Mike had uh, you know recently retired for 21 years of uh, service in the Army. We all thank you for that and, uh, and appreciate that a lot. So I thought I'd find something maybe a little unique to... Uh, Help Mike celebrate his birthday, also retiring from the Army. I sent him a little video of one of his uh, his childhood heroes. We're going we're gonna to play that for you uh, right now. Hi, Mike. Merrill Hodge here. Your buddy Shane reached out to me and asked me to wish you a happy birthday. Um, first, honored that he selected me, but flattered that um, I get to wish somebody like you a happy 44th birthday, by the way. Um, he mentioned that you are a colonel, and after 21 years of service, you're retiring. Well, congratulations on your retirement first, but more importantly, thank you for your service. Um, I went on the USO tour and it was over in Afghanistan that I, or was the first time I ever felt fear. And you guys lived in it. Um, and I don't know how you did it. I just can tell you this, extraordinary men and women over there, you're one of them. I uh, can't thank you enough. Um, happy birthday <laughs> seems secondary to wanting to thank you for your service because um, after being over there a week, I couldn't wait to get home. So that tells you I'm not geared for that. So I'm grateful for people like you. So happy birthday. Congratulations on your retirement. And let's beat the Browns on Sunday, baby. Yeah, thanks, Merrill. You really fucked us. <laughs> yeah, I I was wanted to play that originally to Mike right on the podcast, but uh, when he said beat the Browns on Sunday, I, I sent it to him a little early. I'll be honest with you. That was, I mean, he's a childhood hero of mine, and that was a, a pretty cool thing. And I know 
you know, you you pay him a fee, you provide him some notes, and he says your name and happy birthday and everything else. But I felt like, you know, he kind of went the extra mile there a little bit. I'm a big fan of this cameo stuff, you know, regardless. But I mean, to thank you for that. That was that was special, and I watch it. You know, every other every day. morning, like watches it. Yeah, do you have your pants on when you're watching this? I hope I, I do. I do. I, I mean, honestly, I can still remember 1989 playoff game against the Denver Broncos he was he just had a game where he was just on his head and just playing fantastic and you know just a a nobody from Boise State you know on the Steelers number 33 and to have him you know say my name and uh wish me a happy birthday and thank me for my service that, that was really special so thanks thanks yeah I thought that was cool when I was searching for you know this cameo site to see which ones to pick for you I watched some of his, and he, he does a good job on all of them. So I highly recommend if you're ever looking for a Steelers fan to uh, do Merrill Hodge. He was, yeah, that was cool. Fantastic. I, I uh, already pre-ordered uh, Merrill to do yours as well, Shane. So oh, in February, thanks. you should expect Merrill to wish you. <laughs> I know the only like really memorable Merrill Hodge memory I have was I think it was 1993. I was playing uh, Kevin Potter in a Tecmo Bowl game. You know, it was like fourth and down. I was a Steelers. I don't know why. It was one of those things where you just you you pick like a randomly team, and that's who I got. No one was allowed to pick the Raiders. And I think I think Kevin might have been the Bills, and uh, you know it was like a fourth and one down in the, near the goal line, and called up old Merrill's number, and he, he he got the tough yards for me, and I ended up going on to beat Kevin that day, and uh, it's it's something that stuck with me for a long time. So I thank you for that, Merrill. Thank thank you for that digital Merrill Hodge. <laughs> he probably. I don't know what Sega probably rated him at, but it was probably fives across the board. Yeah, on a scale of one to a hundred. I mean, he uh, just a, a unique thing about Merrill Hodge. He was one of the people that kind of led the charge on the whole concussion thing. He ended his career because of concussions. Stopped it short and said, "Hey, you know, I'm not not quite feeling right." And he got into the broadcasting and doing pretty good with that, right? Is he still doing broadcasting? He does it. He, you know, the funny thing is, I can watch him every week from that exact station in his house talk about how the Steelers are going to approach Lamar Jackson. Or, so does or he do, just do like a Steelers show kind of? Yeah, I mean, he's still tied to the Steelers quite a bit because he used to be on like ESPN or NFL Networks or something. Yeah, like he's him, still yeah. on. He's still on uh, ESPN. He and uh, Jaws used to do that show together every week. Right. He would do the, you know, he talked about every team then, but Jaws has has lost a a step or two. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, talking about concussions, I mean, yeah, took a lot of hits at Youngstown State. (laughs) Is that where Jaws was from, Youngstown State? Mm -hmm. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, and then what? He was quarterback for the Eagles for many years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He took him to the uh, took him Super Bowl and lost. I think. I think so. All right. How about? um, you know, we we weren't we weren't together last week, boys. So uh, let's fill everybody in. I I did not make the trip, but you guys uh you guys went on a trip. Let's uh any good stories? Tell us tell us a little about what you did, how it went, and uh, Again. hopefully there was something funny that happened. That yeah, we went entertaining. I had uh, every year like this is probably the fourth or fifth year in a row I've been uh, going on a little fishing trip up to upstate New York, probably about an hour north of Syracuse. I don't know, it's maybe another like forty miles to the Canada border, and we'll go fishing for salmon run under the rivers and steelhead and brown trout and everything else so i decided to invite mike this year and uh he uh promptly accepted the offer and uh we went up there for a little road trip it was good you know we had a good time some really great weather on the one day about two minutes in i don't know two minutes into it but so mike's fishing prowess has probably been um not not a ton i mean he's done it a little bit i think it's something he maybe is you know interested in doing so i'm not what you would call an angler no he, he he was he was not angling, but he but he, you know he wanted to kind of dip his feet in the water, if you will. And I did, and he did, and then about a half hour under, he dipped the whole rest of his said, body in the water. Let's go for the whole thing. And uh, he a did whole enchilada. Uh, he was standing behind me in the river. All of a sudden, I just start hearing this whoop whoop whoop. <laughs> I turned around. It was like we were laughing because it was literally like the most slow motion fall, the longest fall in of the my world. Life. He like he gathered himself and like righted the ship like four times. And then finally, it was it was more than uh, more than any anyone could handle, and just plunged. I succumbed to the the waters of the Douglaston Salmon River, and I and I immersed myself. But it paid off. It was a baptism. It was. It I was. was. I was born anew. And he smelled. You know, he smelled like dead salmon at that point. So I, at that, 
it's kind of like I'm not a deer hunter, but I know they'll always worry about like their scent or if they're giving off scent and they're going to scare the deer away. Well, Mike, you know, dove in head first, literally, and uh, he covered himself in the waters. I think that kind of helped uh, help maybe lure some uh, some some fish in there to him. I did, and it was it was reconnaissance. It was uh, firsthand reconnaissance. I, you could I look got under the water. I did. I became one with the fish, and I. I mean, after he stopped shaking from being <laughs> almost hypothermic. Yeah, my my I, yeah. There was some tunnel vision there that allowed me to kind of zero in on one fish in particular. But and just trying to keep his core body temperature up. Yeah, um, I came up and went <laughs> went to the bank, dried off a little bit, ate some sandwiches that I uh, that we had packed. We did pretty, we pretty meticulously some, yeah, the night before. Thank goodness. Surprisingly so, because you know we were up, we had been up a little bit later than we probably should have for a four four thirty no, in the morning a, wake up. Not a real Ooh. responsible uh, rest work cycle uh, that we initiated there, but but I got back at it, got back into the got back into the river, and within five minutes of being in the river after uh, after that John the Baptist style dunking, I <laughs> I hooked a uh, I hooked a, a trophy steelhead fifteen pounder. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was a beauty. I mean. I, I, it was the largest steelhead I've ever seen caught um, in person, and it was it was a sight to behold. So I, I was pretty pumped for Mike. That was awesome. He's able to get it. We got some great pictures. But yeah, that that was that was fun. I'm glad he was able to to haul that in and uh, you know get a little redemption from the river. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know they had their steelhead. You were, were you fishing for steelhead or salmon or I don't know. So how it works. Th- at this point, Jim can tell you more about this than I can. But first of all, a tip of the cap to Jim who went to the trip. And in Buffalo, we were already talking about like what our what our so we on our, on our way yeah was. on our way up to Pulaski, which is the town that we fish in. We we had we're, to make a little. We're not sure about that pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, I, we, I've been calling it Pulaski, but apparently it might be Pulaski, and that's still not determined with the proper pronunciation. Well, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Speaking of pronunciations and names, I did not know this till last night. My my son and I were watching um, Jim Gaffigan stand up, and he was talking about he was in Canada, so it was all about Canada. The capital is Saskatchewan. It looks like Regina is the name of it. It's pronounced Regina. I think I did see right. that. I did not know that. Sorry, pro- proceed I mean, with your... That's pretty common knowledge, Shane. It's, it's embarrassing. I did not know Regina, Saskatchewan is um, the capital, but... I just, I try and rhyme as many words with vagina as possible, so I would have I would have jumped right to Regina. You would have right just said Regina, Regina even though it looks like Regina. It just gotcha. sounds better. It rolls off the tongue. I'm pretty sure I went to school with a girl named Regina. And I called her Regina for the entire day. I'm not surprised. So anyway, we're we decided to make a little, you know, pit stop in Buffalo. We found a brewery there that was um I think it was called the Big Ditch Brewery, right? Big Ditch. So it was about uh, I think it was named after like the digging of the Erie Canal and all that. So it was a cool place, um, great food, had a couple good beers there. And then we said, Well, let's we're not quite ready to get back on the road. Let's let's make one more little pit stop and we found a place called uh Adolph's Old World Tavern, I believe, which was like the oldest Irish bar in Buffalo. Went in there. First Ward. Oh, yeah. Adolph's yeah. Old First Ward Tavern. Yep. Third Reich Tavern. So, it was super. Adolph's Third Reich was across the street, and you don't want to. <laughs> he said, the guy said, do not do not cross do, the street. Do not <laughs> it's, go it's into a that It's one. a different That's area. A, you don't there. want your picture taken with that. Good, no. good schnitzel. Place. Great, but great a, mustard. But a bad But scene. how about the mustard? So we got some our hands on some mustard. Right at Adolph's Old First World Tavern. So the thing that's weird about New York right now is if you go into any bar, restaurant, brewery, whatever, you cannot order a drink unless you order food at the same time. So they have a state mandate with COVID that you can't have an alcoholic beverage without uh, what's considered a substantial meal to go along with it. So when we went to the brewery for lunch, that you know, it was no big deal. We were going there. We, you know, we got some burgers and whatever, and it was fine. So we go to Adolph's. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we're like, well, just, I think we were going to drink some like Genesee or some kind of local, you know, swag. He's like, well, I can't serve you a beer without a substantial meal, but let me, let me at least give you this. So he, literally, he literally gives us like a Ziploc hand-packed bag of pretzels and this homemade mustard that was, it was really good mustard. Like we actually ended up talking him into giving us some extra mustard to take for us up to the fishing trip. But so our substantial meal was like a Dixie cup of mustard <laughs> And like pretzels that he just grabbed out of a bag with his hand and threw them in like a, 
a sandwich Ziploc, and like that was our substantial meal, which was kind of funny. He's like, and the guy was a character in himself. He's like, he's like, yeah, the cops will be in here. They'll be giving me a hard time if they don't see me giving you substantial meals. He's like, so this is what we do. This is your meal. Yeah. yeah so it was kind of funny. If you're ever up in Buffalo, get off the beaten path. Go down to to whatever that was, Irish Town or whatever. Go see Tom at uh, Adolf's the first ward. Yeah, and uh, and and get some mustard and some pretzels and have whatever Labatt's they had on tap. That was yeah, they had a special Labatt that that Labatt. So this place is apparently kind of famous in Buffalo. So Labatt's Brewery makes a special brew for this old tavern, and they have it on tap, and uh, it was good. I mean, it was really good. It was cool that they do that and. It was a nice, nice place to spend uh, a minute and get to meet the the bartender. Was really nice and talk some sports, talk some beer, talk some you know Buffalo and hockey. hockey. That's big up there. So hockey. Lake Placid wasn't too far away. Actually, the place we ended up fishing at was about an hour south of where I was. Uh, I was born, upstate New York, uh, Saint Alex Bay. Jim at that bar said, you know, if nothing else, I'd really like to catch a brown trout. Really like to catch a brown trout. I've never caught a brown trout. Caught three of them that first day. Wow. Bagged, bagged three of them there. Brian Zelaskowitz, um, mm-hmm. our, uh, the silent killer. <laughs> what they call he doesn't him. say a lot. The Polish Punisher. <laughs> yeah. But I, I am glad. I learned a ton about wine. The guy, the guy uh, makes his own wine, gets juice, grapes, presses his own grapes. He gets them from up in uh, Ashtabula, Geneva, you, you name it. Brought up like two magnum-sized bottles of wine. And uh, boy, we crushed those. Yeah, I think, I think he crushed most of them. <laughs> it was good. It was good. The, the one other kind of so the first day we you know everyone caught some fish. It was cool. Great weather. It was like seventy, sunny, beautiful day. I mean, just a, a great day. Second day, weather wasn't great. Didn't wasn't as hot on the fishing side. But uh, the one other kind of funny story that I remember is on day one, kind of early in the morning, Brian uh, Zlaskowitz hooked into a fish it was a salmon and i think he foul hooked it so like up there like if you there's so many fish in the river sometimes you like you'll just grab and you'll hook a fish and not in the mouth per se and it'll just hook a random part of his body well i think this thing like hooked the dorsal fin of this gigantic king salmon and uh he fought it for you know five minutes and then the salmon decided to just you know take a run for it and just kind of snapped his line and the fish was off and you know he kept on fishing from there but when he ripped a line off the hook and like the bobber stayed on so this salmon had a big bobber like hooked through his dorsal fin still stuck to it so for the next like six seven hours while we're fishing literally in this run you just see this bobber swimming along and it was this you know we so it got named the bobber fish because you <laughs> out of nowhere it literally like swim right almost up to your legs and you look down like oh, there's the bobber fish and these guys you know so stall started making jokes about it like jaws <laughs> not with two bobbers he won't <laughs> so it was i mean it was the kick even the, the guy that was our guide too kept on you know laughing about it It was just funny to see this big bobber fish. I and mean, this just, fish was huge it looked like a mini little jaws every every 45 minutes to an hour you'd forget about it and then here he'd come swimming back up like there's the bobber fish he's back and you know the guide you know i don't know what his his profit margins are i think they were pretty good from the amount we paid him but it was a real picturesque part of the river fantastic fantastic scenery if you ever get a chance go up to Douglaston salmon river get a guide and get out there and be one of the 75 or 90 people that let out in a day it's pretty tight quarters and you've got some branches that are overhanging the river on the other side well we are we are literally decorating this tree across the river with boppers it looks like christmas it looks like a cabela christmas on the other side of the uh, other side of the bank and he's got bobber 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 and it just looks like a charlie brown christmas tree over there so by the end of the day like i think we were just probably getting a little tired and maybe losing a little focus and like you know and that's the thing if you go fishing with a guide like the, the best part is like if you fuck something up like it's their job to fix it and you don't have to deal with it you're fishing so we had gotten you know half a dozen bobbers and shit caught in the, on the trees across the bank and he's like the the guide whose name was mike ford so yeah if you ever do go up there mike ford awesome dude uh great guide good guy you know had a, had a really good time with us would definitely recommend him he's like all right guys got about five more minutes and i'm i'm gonna go across the river and clean all this shit up that you guys have been peppering the trees with so he literally like because at that point he kind of runs through the main run where all the fish are and the fish freak out and they're gone 
And he's just like snagging all the shit that we got hooked up in the trees. <laughs> over at, the day. at one point, he's like, hey, you see that bobber fish? Let me know. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. grab it. Like he wanted to catch the bobber fish because he wanted to save his $3.50 <laughs> yeah. for that bobber. Yeah, exactly. So day two, we go out. And again, I'm not a great, I'm not a great fisherman. I had some good action on day one, but I'm not like, you know, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing as a fisherman and like sensing the slightest nibble on that, you know, on the, on the line and setting the hook. Well, day two comes around and it's a pretty, it's a pretty slow day. Very slow. And it was, it was like rainy and like 45 and, but we link, link up with uh, Shane uh, Thomas. Yeah. Another great, great guide. And I don't, if you, if you go up to, to that part in upstate New York, challenge you to find a more experienced guy and a guy that knows that area as well as he does. But we're going out there with his son, which is his, his protege. Right. David. David. And I was berated. Who didn't look like he was super pumped to be working that day. How how old was he? He was a junior in high school or something. He's 17 or 18 years old. And all he wants to do is be a guide. And he's going to school online. So uh, we're fishing on Saturday. And he goes out with his dad. And local lore says he's like one of the great up and coming like guides of the the area. So I, it's a slow day. I end up hooking a fish in this little hole that we find about halfway through the day. We had been three hours without even a nibble. Yeah, it was slow. I I just want to ask, did I deserve the beratement that I got? Like, <laughs> no. he, he, He's like literally like, stall, well, Stahl probably had the fish on for a couple seconds and didn't set a hook. And and then he finally was like, set the hook! <laughs> and then he, he, you know, Stahl tried to. At that point, it was too late. The fish was boogied out of there. And David, he's like, you gotta set the hook. It it was more demeaning than that, as I remember it, because the, the, <laughs> no, he wasn't even yelling. Like Seventeen-year-old, like, he was just like yeah. disgusted. He's like, he's like, just set the hook, man. It would, and and I remember it just slightly differently. <laughs> he wasn't talking to me. He was bitching to his dad about me. <laughs> he was talking to me. I was I was three feet away from him, and he's like, Dad, he's not even setting the hook. He's like, we're gonna be out here with these guys, and I'm not even gonna set the hook. They're gonna try and catch any fish. Doing? Look, what the what the hell? I'm like, uh, like we're paying you, motherfucker. <laughs> like, that's relax, kid. He probably got a good, good talking to you when he got back home, and his dad said, "Listen, oh, these no. guys are paying you. No, you don't say stuff like well, that." Well, well, I we ended I, up going to a great. I came to find out later, yeah, that. Uh, so Shane, the dad, was like, uh, "Great name, hey, by the way." Hey, let's go to this like off the beaten path little creek, and we, you know, we won't. We'll, there'll be no crowds. Fishing could be great, blah blah blah. And David, his son, like never wanted to go to that point. He's like, "This is gonna suck. This is a bad idea. We shouldn't go there." So I think the whole time David was just like, you know, kind of pouting a little bit about we shouldn't even be here because, and it did suck. Like we, Heimbach caught a fish. It was like it was a beat up old salmon that just yeah. was ready to die, but then you know the last two hours or so we went back to the Salmon River and had a lot more action there, and uh, it was just a nicer place. I mean, it, it, we we could have just camped out there the whole day and just probably at least hooked into some stuff. And again, my inexperience was, hey, let's let's go where people aren't and maybe where the fish are, and let's have a good day where we're not like you know fishing five five to ten feet away from somebody else. And it turned out it probably would have been a better day just to go down there and, and stay in the crowd. And there were plenty of fish in that. that uh, yeah. I mean, guys were catching fish. I, like, Heimbach caught a, a, a gigantic king salmon that jizzed all over him yeah. when he pulled it up. It was Real. probably like a 25, 30-pounder. Yeah, I saw Real the picture of that. Shot. Yeah. <laughs> it was a funny shot. Yeah, you see the fish, fish photos. Ryan Heimbach's holding this fish, and it's in full orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> the fish has its O face. I going. just remember, like, just we took a picture of it, and like, we we caught the picture perfect because, like, mid picture, this fish is just splooging all over Heimbach's waders, and so I was like, wait, look at its face, look at its face, like that's the O face. You just see this fish is just like, Arr. the fish is like, oh, oh my god. And Ryan Ryan's kind of like enjoying it. He's he's got a big grin on his face. He's like, shoot it all over. <laughs> it was classic. But then later, Classic he caught, back. some of those fish at this time of year are just, they, they call them zombie fish, right? They, yeah. Like you get some of those salmon and they're not, you know, they're not what you see in pictures. They, they come up. They're almost dead, They're right? at death's doorstep. They're I mean, like a Rob Zombie film. Yeah. So there, so that's, you know, it's funny up there because. Cut the line, cut the line, get it away from me. Go, 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 go. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird like thing because the salmon run for that. I mean that that town it's a 
it's probably a poorer town. I mean, and most of their economy is based on wolf. Yeah. You know, this, absolutely. this stuff, the fish coming in and like people coming up there to fish. So the salmon run in there for a couple of weeks in September and October and it's like bonkers and they're great and everyone loves them. But like the minute that that run kind of stops and people are trying to fish for steelhead and brown trout and whatnot, like the guides and the locals just like despise the salmon. They're just yeah. like, Oh, these things are zombies. Like I can't wait till they're gone. Plus I think, once all the salmon are gone, like a lot of the tourists leave and they get their town back a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's like, a, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Like they bring in so much money to that city. Yeah. You know, so you got to you gotta take what you can take. But they, 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 they caught one, reeled one in, and uh, one of the locals just Hulk Hogan leg dropped. <laughs> I mean, there was on one part of the shore, they had a turnbuckle there. <laughs> And yeah. and the one he leg dropped it, and then he had his buddy pick it up, and he got on the top rope and jumped off and did like a Jimmy Superfly snooker on it, which yeah. I just didn't think that was humane. Like that's not fishing to me. But that's where George Animal Steelhead got his name. <laughs> and then he and then he bit bit Obviously. a salmon's brain and then ripped it all apart. Hence Bobby, off, Bobby the Animal brain heated. Walked, Obviously walked off with Elizabeth. That's how I remember. It. <laughs> well, I mean, there's two sides to every story, Mike. <laughs> but you know it was a great trip you know i'm glad you could make it mike and uh it's always like i'm, I'm sure maybe when we can get uh get the phone interviews going we might be able to bring uh ryan heimbach in on a podcast he's always a character a good friend of ours from john carroll days and uh he drove he drove four what, four hours five hours yeah he drive he drove, dr- drives up from allentown pa to pulaski fishes for six hours and then <laughs> And then turns around, drives home, <laughs> drinks drinks for twelve hours. <laughs> fishes for yeah, it. that's about. It. So our fishing trip, we Jim at the Old First Ward bought, you know, typically buys a stein or whatever, you know, for the who catches the biggest fish. Well, up until thirty minutes before we leave, I'm I I'm winning this. So, I mean, it still had a lockdown. Like it was it was done. I was like ready to wrap it up, put it his name on it. Close. I mean, he'd already written the card. To me, and then and Heimbach catches this huge horny king salmon. <laughs> he goes on a tear, catches the John Holmes of salmon, <laughs> the Peter Peter North salmon, Peter North and, Bay. Uh, yeah, those are the breaks. Those are the breaks in Douglaston. Yeah, yeah. Maybe one of these days you'll talk me into going up there, but standing standing in the cold river, potentially snowing. Yeah, I didn't even think it was that that bad. Like the weather was like. For, let's be honest. Friday was picture Beautiful. perfect. Yeah. Saturday wasn't. The weather wasn't great, but like, as long as you you know you're dressed and for the elements, and everything it's it's not bad. And I'm not a fisherman, so it doesn't. Well, Stahl wasn't, and then look at he basically caught a world record steelhead. I wasn't, but now I am. Now you are. Big I mean, he went, out, he went out after day one. Big time. I'm like, he's like, because so I let him borrow some boots and waders. He's like, these things are killing me. He's like bitching and moaning the whole day about his feet. They were a full size too small. By uh, the time I ended up getting fitted. So literally, like, he says, you know, he's like, well, now I'm a fisherman. Well, <laughs> that afternoon, I'm like, hey, I'm going to go up to this store. I've been there before. I just want to kind of check and see what's there. Next thing you know, like, X amount of dollars later, I won't even put a number out there. So I was like, got brand new waders, got brand new boots. Like, I'm a fisherman. FYI, those waders are yours. <laughs> and uh, I'm borrowing Jim's waders, and I bought the I bought the uh, boots. So okay, um, just in case. Melissa will never listen to this entire podcast. So. Right. No, we're 46 minutes in. There's no way she's going to stay in that long, I'm no, sure. No, we, we would have lost her several minutes ago. So uh, while you guys were fishing, this this past weekend, my son runs cross-country, middle school. We, uh, we had a state meet down in Columbus. Team did, he did pretty good. Best time ever. PR. Lot, yada, yada, yada. Team took second. You know, they had a, Kenneth's team won the, the whole thing. So it was, it was pretty cool. It was a fun time. We stayed yeah. Saturday night. It was good. Humble brag there, Shane. Was so it was this like a uh, like a junior high state cross-country meet of some sort? Or? Yeah, exactly. Okay. It was a junior high state country, cross-country meet in Columbus. Uh, went down there, stayed the night, went to dinner with some of his friends. You know, the kids hung out of the hotel at a good time. So um, the meet's not till like 3 o'clock for like their division on Sunday. They race, do awards. You know, we get out of there like five o'clock. So, you know, he's hungry. So let's get a little bit outside of town and we'll we'll grab something to eat, take a little break. So we get about a half hour outside of town, just north of here in Columbus, if you know where Polaris is, like the next exit. Yep. Well, let's go to Wendy's, you know, we'll sit down, we'll take 10 minutes, we'll eat real quick. So we walk in there. You guys really 
decided to celebrate big time. I know. Wendy's, huh? Yeah, wow. He didn't even get a Frosty. I mean, I don't know why. He just wanted to pop. Nose of the grindstone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, But we walk in, and I'm like, oh, I've been here a minute earlier. There's like 20 kids all from one team. Like their bus, dro- they took a bus. Their bus dropped them off. And I'm like, all right, well, we're already here. Let's just wait. So we wait. You know, we order our food. I give Brian his cups to go. There's a cup to go. Like they have one of the drinks you can make your own mix you know orange sprite whatever you want i hear these girls talking and this girl comes up to him you know another middle school kid and she's like hey um do you have snapchat one of our uh our friend brooklyn wants to get your snap oh. name or whatever go brian and he uh he kind of froze <laughs> didn't know what to make the situation so he comes back over to me and i'm like that girl just asked for your snapchat he's like yeah yeah i, I didn't know what to do and i'm like i'm like well you go back there and you ask, you ask which girl it was, and you give her your right. Snapchat number. I do a little recap or whatever, and he's like, oh, oh, "Okay, yeah, I don't know who to ask. I don't know which girl's which." And I'm like, "Well, just go back to one of them and be like, hey, which one of your friends, you know, which one, which one thinks I'm, you know, the guy.'" So he he actually played it pretty smooth. I was pretty proud of him. He walks over there and he's like, "Yeah, uh, which which girl who wanted my Snap number name, whatever it's called." I'm not in on this stuff. Oh, it was, you know, whatever her name was. And she comes over and like four, gets like five girls from this, some little town. He gets their, uh, their snaps. So they're all uh, conversing on the way home on Snapchat. But he comes, the funniest part was, so he, he comes over to the table, you know, I, I get the food, I sit down, he's still talking to the girls. He comes over and he goes, he goes, I don't think I can comprehend what just happened there. <laughs> and I go, I go, Brian, man, they were flirting with you. He goes, oh, okay. <laughs> I think so that, what's the big I deal? Think, yeah, <laughs> I think at this point, Shane, you, you hand Brian off to Uncle Jim and Uncle Mike here. and We'll take it from here. <laughs> Brian, here's what you do. Send each of them a picture of your junk immediately. From different angles. I mean, <laughs> yeah. give, give them something to work with. No, yeah, no. Give them one half aroused. And then... And then go from there. I and mean, then, and then give him one. You know, I I don't even know what dating is like now. Frankly, I, I don't know what these kids are dealing with. I have no idea. I could. I don't think I'd survive in in this type of environment. I think you would thrive, Mike, in this environment. You're a survivor, we Mike. All, you could, in you all honesty, I figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it'd take me a good fifteen minutes, and then then I'm good. I think yeah. you and Jim would have would have been all right in this situation, in this it's, environment. It's just so unique that uh, I don't know. I are, are I mean, are girls more forward now? Are they less? Are they waiting for guys to take the first step now, or are they now like kind of liberated? By well, apparently, this, these the whole, girls from right this town were. Well, I think pretty it's open. easier too now, like be able to like approach someone maybe like digitally or whatever. How they whatever word you want to say? We're like you're not really have to like literally like go out there and like start a conversation. Like you can just. Be at your house, you know, typing into a phone and doing that. It probably is a little less intimidating maybe than... I think the real difficulty now is that you you see someone online and you then have to kind of guess like what they actually look like or are or... Well, because they're, they're online photos are going to be like no, they're the best, best angles. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like That's the tip of the iceberg. Right. I mean, I mean, how many girls do you... I mean, just from talking to... A mutual friend of ours, I won't bring up his name, but like, he was he was kind of pseudo online dating a fan girl. Fan of the show, fan of big fan of the show, big huge fan, fan of the, of the show. show. Wrote, even wrote a review, I believe <laughs> the the only review <laughs> that I'm aware of. Five like he, stars. he may have been talking to a girl for like a month. They were basically almost dating, and then you know he. I think he kind of came to the point where like, why don't you send me some pictures of yourself recently? And turns out she <laughs> she'd put on some weight. Yeah. She, you know, her uh, profile picture wasn't exactly uh, in line with maybe 2020 picture. Yeah. So I mean, I'm sure that happens all the time. Uh, yeah, you get you get kind of catfished or steelheaded. Yeah. yeah whatever. George Animal steelheaded. Steelheaded. <laughs> or you, you know, it's that that's the real interesting thing to me. But then also you have the whole dynamic of you know, is this person really interested in, in me or is this a, you know, just, am I one of 50 people that this person is talking to or it's just a, it's, it's unique because in our day you'd go to a bar, a bar, you'd find someone that you found attractive, super and, drunk and 
exactly. <laughs> Continue to translate for me here. And then you would go, um, then you would go back to their place and, and read poetry. Bad. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then find out the next day that you want nothing to do with this person. Turns out you're a bad match and you never talk to them again and you change your phone number. That's right. Uh, yeah, right. Now, all the research occurs ahead of time. Where afterwards you're, you know, afterwards you wake up and it's like, oh boy, <laughs> you know, but um, now all the research can, can happen ahead of time. And it's, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's just really weird. Either, either it's, it's circumventing all of the stuff that we had to go through to find exactly the right fit, e-harmony or match or whatever, circumventing all, all of the extraneous relationships and hookups and failed, you know, failed meetings and everything else to find your perfect fit. I don't know, maybe, uh, is it better just to kind of go through all that stuff in the first place? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of learning experiences, a lot of uh, experience you get out of uh, those encounters. Yeah. That, that you're probably gonna miss out on some of those, but it's just, they're all, everybody's the same now. I mean, just. But you probably, like different. nowadays, though, like there's such a, a bigger, it's like a bigger pond, you know, per se. So you're probably gonna like, match or like meet someone online that you wouldn't normally meet in vancouver sure and then and then maybe you go but, but i think i think a lot of those sites though you 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 can narrow down like yeah. the area that you're searching but you know regina. if you just <laughs> regina regina saskatchewan start with regina saskatchewan and, and go from there all right just work your way out 25 mile radius no more so we're that's the epicenter. So we're dri- so we're driving home, and these girls start Snapchatting Brian, and I'm like, "Are you asking them questions, or are they just answering?" You know, and he's like, "I'm just answering all their questions." He's like, "I wish they would just like one of them would ask me questions." I'm like, "I'm like, well, you got to ask some of them them questions." Cast try- a cast a wide net, Brian. Yeah, I'm trying to tell him like you gotta you gotta throw a little out there, and flirt but, but them not a little too bit. much. You know, just give him a little, give him a little taste. And I'm like, I'm like, I gotta teach you how to flirt a little bit. Like, I don't want wait you- a second. Shane's teaching him how to flirt. <laughs> I knew that as soon as that came out of and my mouth, I knew the that problem. this was going. Shane, again, don't do okay. not teach him. So again, we're gonna we're gonna do a little boot camp for Brian. Send send him over to the stall cabin. Here's back you, forty. Here, here's what you do, Brian. Get on a stone washed pair of jeans and <laughs> maybe frost your maybe, tips a little bit. Maybe you uh, maybe you put on your best Shania Twain shirt and <laughs> ask these ladies out to a to a Wendy's and. And see what see what so you can you can have a frosty, but only only a kitty size, because you know I don't know you that well. <laughs> so you know hey, we're just talking dollar menu here. We're not talking. Hey, I'm hey, not hey, rich. Hey, hey, I didn't say anything whoa, whoa, whoa. about Is I that double G. I didn't right? say anything about a baconator. I said classic. That's classic all I said. at most. That is what Brian had at the Wendy's was a baconator. Well, um, that's what any that's what any real man has. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, not not the son of baconator, just the full on <laughs> baconator. You had the son of bacon. <laughs> I'll just have son of bacon. Here. Thanks. Hold the bacon. I have wife of bacon. Here. <laughs> I'm done. I'm not telling any more stories. I'm going to make fun of like this. I, I knew this is where this is going to come. And with both of you on this <laughs> podcast, I'm totally stoked about this experience for Brian, though, because that's what you want for your son, right? Yeah, I felt I felt a little proud. Oh, absolutely. I feel very proud. I mean. Chicks are seeking him out. I mean, the guy, the guy's a stallion. I, well, I tell it, him, I think he's got calves. I mean, and he wears carved, a, carved of marble. What is he? He's in eighth grade. He wears like a size like 15 shoe. I mean, I, you know, the ladies you know look at say the, about yeah, that. Big feet. Big feet, big shoes. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, but I t- so I tell him, I'm like, you got to learn how to flirt with these girls. Or, or like, I don't want you living at home forever. No, but like, and please, he's like, that's please, my plan. <laughs> No, but like, did you give him any flirting advice? That's what I want to know. And if you did, I'd well, like to well, hear that. What was your? It was. It was just like, hey, you have to ask some questions also and find out a little more about that. Sure. To, it's very sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. I. W- I mean, there. If he was eighteen, I'd be like, ask him for some pictures. But <laughs> these girls are in middle school. <laughs> I'm. I'm not going to tell him to do that. Let's say. Uh, yeah. I think there might have been some pictures exchanged, but that was not under oh my prodding, and they were all PG. That is. That is very sensitive, Shane. Ask them questions too, like what's your favorite color? My the questions I would ask them is which part of me do you want to kiss? <laughs> well, you know, Mike, you were it was a different time. When you no, were in middle school. no, I think he'd still ask that same question if he was on a date right now. 
<laughs> okay, let's cut to the chase. What, what part of this do you want to put your mouth on first? <laughs> okay, ladies. And that's that's really, it, Brian, you know, Brian, get all the five of those girls in the same room. <laughs> and hey, it's a little competition then. Like Brian turns into the John Holmes of his generation. <laughs> oh, jeez. All on this podcast. He's not allowed to talk to you two ever again. <laughs> We're done. Oh, but that, that's... That's exciting. Yeah, it was. A, I thought it was cool. You gotta. He's like, oh, you're not gonna tell the story on the podcast, are you? And I'm like, yes. You gotta lead I have your, to lead your kids through these awkward times. It's never. There's probably never been a more difficult time to be a teenager, right? But to have access to all this, all this type of social media, that's really the only thing that's establish, establishing your reputation right now because you you don't see these kids in school. You're not, you know, performing the way you'd like to and. Um, you know, in a sport or on a stage or, or whatever because of COVID, it's a really difficult time that, you know, you have this, the, the height of social media and also the, the trough of social interaction. It's like the weirdest time ever. Yeah, it's definitely tough. I, I mean, feel I, bad for the kids now. You know, it just it sucks. It sucks they can't just be kids. You know, it's kind of cliche to say that, but tough. Hopefully hopefully this gets uh, over soon, and I think with uh, the election on Tuesday and they decide this is all big fraud, it'll all happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, COVID's probably going to disappear after, after Whoa, Tuesday, right? Whoa, it's gone, yeah. 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 What do you guys think about Jim Carrey's Biden? Uh, it's all right. I can't remember Woody Harrelson's. I know like people have said that's way better. I, I got to go back and watch it to really be able to compare. I think it, I think uh, Woody. I'd take Woody Harrelson. I'd also take Jason Sudeikis. Uh, his Biden was yeah. <laughs> yeah this was good. He was nineteen. Whoops a daisy. And, you know, <laughs> but uh, Carrie's. He's, you know, he's, he's he looks like, a little more like Biden. When he they looks do him like up. him, but I, th- I feel like Jim Carrey is like all so over the top with everything yeah. and like everything he's done, which is that's kind of like his deal. Yeah. So he, you know, he took that in the same persona with Biden, and it's it's funny, but it's it's probably a little bit more like just wacky than. He like just a, reminds me of like the bad guy from Poltergeist too. He Remember just looks. Guy? He reminds me of Fire Marshal Bill when he does yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean yeah, it's I like the same faces and like same mannerisms as. Yeah. Let me show you something. <laughs> Good old in loving color. That was a great show. It was crazy how many like stars were born out of that. Yeah. Well, Jay Carey and the, the Wayne's Brothers, I guess. J Lo was one of the dancers. She was what? She was a fly girl. Fly yeah, girl. She was a fly girl. She was like 19 or something, I think. Yeah. She was on there. She was fly. She was fly. She's still fly. Very fly. Fly like Jeff Goldblum. Mm. So, um, fly. What, do, what we got any other topics we want to talk? What we're, I know we touched on, um, we talked about Halloween. Halloween's coming up tomorrow. Yeah, we're tomorrow. filming this on uh, the 30th, probably out tomorrow morning at some point when we get it edited. Right. Um, any good uh, Halloween stories, Halloween mm. trips? I know the big thing when we were, we were in college was going to uh, Ohio University or OU in Athens and uh, having a party. A lot of dress up. Yeah, they'd, they'd get whatever. like, I mean, I don't know how many students would be at OU, like in general undergrad, maybe 20,000 or whatever. But I think during like Halloween weekend, that population of the city would more than double, maybe triple. I mean, it was insane. And we went down there one year and it was just, you know, wall to wall people, craziness, absolute craziness. Yeah. I, we, we went down there a week after, uh, Sir Jerry Garcia had passed, I think, in, mm-hmm. in it was ninety five. I think, yeah. Uh, Sir Jerry Garcia. Yeah, he, he was knighted. He actually, was knighted by, se- by several, several, several times. countries, several, several, <laughs> several times over. Several by pens- by actually M Night Shyamalan knighted him. Yeah, oh, it's official then. But JJ, JJ, I think up until like the moments before we left, had no costume. No, yeah, our friend JJ found a tie dye a tie dye shirt. A pillow and a beard. <laughs> there, there you have it. It's I mean, me, like, keep in mind, JJ's like five two. <laughs> yeah, you know, a hundred and twenty pounds at the time. Yeah. He was our one twenty pound or whatever one nineteen one eighteen pounder. 18. Yeah. Um, so so he pulls, you know, he's gonna pull the Jerry, Jerry Garcia costume off, which in and of itself, if you if any of you guys out there know JJ Husco. And to try to compare him to Jerry Garcia, just based on looks alone, it's it's a stretch. But uh, he he did his best to try to pull it off, and it was it was quite humorous. He really pulled it off, <laughs> and he was so drunk that he said mostly nothing. And people wondered, 
in Ohio at that time, if was he a ghost? You know, is it the ghost of Jerry Garcia that's here with us at Halloween? I was uh, Carl Spackler at the time, and I think right. I had planned on bringing a pitchfork with me, but it, but it, it, yeah, it thought, just wasn't allowed. I think better of it. But I had uh, an old uh, an old army hat, a white white shirt, beer stained white shirt. By the end of the night, some army boots. Jim, you were was, Elvis. Elvis, yeah, Elvis Presley. It was good. I mean. It was a fun weekend. It was, it was just one of those, you know, college crazed party weekends where just anything goes debauchery. Anything you know, goes. I mean, I remember JJ had some buddies from high school that lived down there, and that's who we were going to stay with. And you know, like for Halloween weekend at OU, like that started on like Wednesday or Tuesday. You know, I mean, it was like an all week thing, and we get down there maybe on a Friday afternoon, and we walk into this house where we're going to be staying. And literally, there was probably, you know, a house that normally would house four people. Safely. Safely, like legally. And there was probably 20 people in this place. Ten of them were just face down on the floor. And this is like Friday at like two in the afternoon. And, you know, at that point, you're just like, all right, giddy up. Like, this is, this is what we're about to get ourselves involved with. And find yourself a warm body to sleep on. <laughs> right. Or just somewhere where there's not a wet spot on the floor. Yeah. So it was... It was a it was a funny funny weekend, uh, good times. I don't I don't I don't think we ever went back. I mean, I think, did I you guys go the year after that? Because I, no. I remember going the year after that with with Jason Kesson driving down with your with Mike, your brother in law Nate. Yeah. And the year I think it had to be the year after because Nate and I we went down there with Jason, but he had some girl he was meeting up with. Nate and I had uh, nowhere to stay. We had no plans, and we were literally like. We would just walk into parties and start drinking beer until they kicked us out. And we literally, like, were walking the street in the morning at 6 a.m. and hadn't gone to sleep yet. And because we didn't know where to stay. And finally, we walked by and he recognizes some somebody from high school. And we ended up in like a dorm and we finally got to go to sleep at like 6 30 in the morning. But yeah, that was my one time going to OU, was just being up literally all night, like just walking around because I didn't know anybody. Yeah. <laughs> After we had been the, you know, Walked into ten different parties and bars and whatever, but uh, yeah, it was cr- it was crazy. It's like people, uh, the amount of people down there on the main street there, whatever it was called. Well, it's like in uh, what in Hangover Two when they go to Bangkok. It's like it's, it's just like, like that. It's like Bangkok's got you now. Like the, what do they what do they call it? It's like they make some comment like the like the ladies got you now or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't remember. It's basically like going to Bangkok. Yeah, basically. Except it's in Athens. Athens, Ohio. <laughs> I wonder. She, she's a she, she's a slippery mistress. Athens. Jim and I. Uh, speaking of Jim's Elvis costume, we recently did some research on Elvis and his. Uh, I remember, like one of the things I from my from you know my research of of the king was his. He would do kung fu on stage. <laughs> That's right. We were we were delving into that a little bit last weekend. Turns out. Not kung fu? No, it wasn't. It, I don't know if it was kung fu. There was a certain like art. It wasn't karate. It might have been kung uh, fu. We're, we're like, gonna, but it was very specific. Yeah, it was like like. Uh, yeah, I think gonna, it was kung fu. We're gonna mess this up, but basically, what happened was so Elvis in his hay, and when I say well, hay, it was like his five post, years past. It was his po- hay. post hay. <laughs> post hay. Fat like, Elvis. Like, past hay. Yeah, fat, fat Elvis, Elvis for sure. Coked up Elvis, vitamins and, in the sixties and seventies, yeah, yeah. whatever those were. And <laughs> a lot of speed. Yeah, he he didn't get trained by Chuck Norris, but found a guy that looked like Chuck Norris <laughs> and trained with him, and then chose and, him, punched him, and, and trained with him. And oh there's God. and if you go down this rabbit hole tonight or tomorrow or whatever, just just watch Elvis, bloodshot eyes, wide eyed. Hadn't slept in days. Sweating like a sweating motherfucker. profusely. Doing kung fu with this guy that, that just resembles Chuck Norris that he probably thought was Chuck Norris. <laughs> and and doing moves that you can tell. Even the guy that looks like Chuck Norris is like, that's the Elvis, that's not a move. But he can't say anything because it's the king. Yeah, yeah, it's the king. And you, you that's sacred ground you're walking on. You don't... You don't, you don't fuck with the king. Yeah. You don't... You don't... You know. And, and like Elvis is doing... <laughs> 
all these things where like he's pretending like rip people's hearts out and rip people's throats out. And then later on in his career, he would just do like kung fu on stage. I, I don't know. It's just it's just a really remarkable thing that it, just do yourself a favor and YouTube Elvis karate, whatever, like Chuck Norris. And you you can find yourself just entertained for a good chunk of time. <laughs> yeah. And Elvis Elvis uh proclaimed he ended up he would call himself a black belt. It turns out like he had been like a beige belt, <laughs> like a light beige belt, like like the guy like the cream the, again cream belt. again the the guy with the the ginger beard said like I can't in in full confidence give you this like belt. I'll lose my belts if I tell you you're black. They're gonna belt. take all my belts. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, King, but each one of these belts costs almost five. Can I give you like a a dark brown belt? And I appreciate you coming to my dojo and pretending to do karate moves on me in front of the cameras here, but, but I can't, I can't, and and you know, deep down in my heart of hearts, I can't give you anything higher than say, this this tan belt. I mean, I got an orange belt that maybe. <laughs> and for and just to be honest, this is a white belt that is stained with sweat that I found. <laughs> so if someone asks me, I can just say I gave you a white belt. I gave you a white belt, and if you and. And Elvis ended up calling it a red belt. Well, I think because he went to an Italian restaurant and got spaghetti sauce all over it, would be my guess of how that happened. Oh, my gosh. I just got a text from friend of the show, Frank Matola, saying, why the heck, he didn't say heck, isn't there a new episode of Cutting Weight? Well, I'll tell you right now, Frank, there is a new episode. And you just made the show. And you just made the show you saw. No, I'm going to cut that out because I don't like Frank. Yeah, fuck Frank. Yeah. Franklin Delano Matola. And Frank might, if he plays his cards right, he might be he might be on the show one day. One he day. Might, we'll see. I mean, we'll give him like a two-minute segment. I don't, I don't know if he could feel any more than yeah, that. Yeah, he, he never has anything good to say, I don't think. Here's what I think Frank should do is, is come up with some intro, some original intro music and outro music for us. All right, well, speaking of outro music, Mike, I think we've, we're... we're we're way past our time limit. I think for anybody right. even staying on and listening to this whole thing. I think so right close, close us out, Mike. Let's take it out with Dear Mr. Fantasy by Traffic and anyone who's out there listening from Sony Music or Capital. Please don't uh, please don't uh, sue us. It's been a great show, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. See, See you again soon. <laughs>